Well, everybody, welcome to Season 3, Episode 9 of the Dynasty Movement Podcast. 40 seconds to go. Hurts firing for the end zone, and a one-handed attempt. Oh, my goodness! A.J. Brown with an amazing touchdown! We are your hosts, Down With Fun and Burn. And you say that like you're down with fun. And I said and and. Okay. You're well, I mean, you, you. I am burned. I, I I could be down with fun. The name, and you could be down with fun. Well, I am down the with concept. fun. Right. I'm always down for some fun. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to clear that up. Yeah. I'm still not quite sure if you are pro or anti fun with that name. Nor will you be. We will never find out. No. That is the biggest question this earth has. You got to keep them wondering. Yep. So today we're talking about the trades. The deadline happened yesterday. Uh, we'll probably end up circling back to the Mac some way, somehow. All we're, we're always like two degrees removed from the Mac. We are always pining to just talk exclusively about the Mac. Well, we're, we're, we're talking professional football, which is football, which is also played by the Mac. And, and professional football we, starts with the Mac. Right. However we want to get there, all we have to do is, oh, yeah, this reminds me of, me of that Mac game, you know? Oh, that's, I, that's all we have to do. We could just talk about the eight-overtime Buffalo-Western Michigan game from a couple years ago. Longest game in uh, college football history. Oh, we, we could also that. love. We could also talk uh, the the quadruple overtime uh, game that happened NIU against Idaho that was already on a rain delay that didn't finish until four a.m. Central mm-hmm. Standard Time and we lost in quadruple overtime. We could talk about that. Oh, absolutely! That's some quality action right there. That is. Uh, Sharks is asking why the Mac specifically, and that's because both of us went to Mac schools. We are Mac alum. We love Maction. This is a Mac positive podcast. Speaking of, I believe Maction starts next week. Uh, what if I told you, Burn, that it... Maction actually started this week? Am I missing and... some Maction right now to do this podcast? Um, all I'm saying is that NIU played last night. Oh, and we we lost, and uh, a fight broke out after regulation. I yeah that's see that's Maction. That's that's just Maction that's right just there. That's just Maction. You you know I'm Gotta pleased to it. report that for for all of our uh, avid listeners I'm pleased to report that next week I'm going to be coming at everybody live the day after I go to a Mac game. And NIU that's against all we're Ball talking State. About. This is just a Mac pod now. <laughs> NIU against Ball State in scenic DeKalb Illinois. I will be getting a tasty Chinese buffet at the one and only China House in Sycamore, Illinois. It's going to be great. But that's not the pod today. And apparently, Bowling Green is playing Ball State. Right now? Right now. Well, uh, from time to time, maybe we can check in throughout We're going to be spot. giving you guys you... live updates from the Bowling Green Ball State game. <laughs> Which, which won't be so live if you're listening to this after the fact, but that's okay. Then um, everyone who's listening to this, because no one watched the game anyway, uh, so everyone who's listening f- throughout the week here will also get post-live updates of the pod. 
That That's is right. if ESPN the, the will load the GameCast for me. The people are clamoring for it. They're they're loving it. They're shouting from the rafters. More Mac. More Mac. Oh, but, uh, people what, cannot get enough Mac. What else do we have for the people, Burn? We're talking trade deadline. Potentially I mean, we're talking Mac. We're trade, de- trade deadline should cover the whole day today. Uh, Probably. I think that there's except a lot that of Except that there are only two offensive play. players outside of a uh, guard that even moved yesterday. But there are still some implications uh, beyond that. So we'll talk well, about we, that we, as much as we can. And We, we have some sort of uh, um, related trade news. You know, I think that there's a lot for us to glean from, uh, for example, the current dumpster fire that's going on in Las Vegas. Um, oh, Chicago yeah. Bears obviously have some fallout from the trade that they made. And... Uh, you know, just kind of how things are going. But oh, there's a lot I, of people to make fun of this week. And there's only so much time. Yeah. Um, there's not enough time to make fun of the Bears and, and their fans, myself included. Um, it's dire. But how do we want to start things off? Well, I'm going to start things off a little bit by pulling up the game cast of the Ball State and Bowling Green game. All right, all right. That's, um, that's what the people want. <laughs> that's exactly what the people want. Uh, and it looks like it is first and 10 at the BGSU 49 uh, in the third quarter already, 14-14. So I guess we'll be giving very few updates as this game wraps that's, up. That's but right. in the meantime, let's start with Joshua Dobbs being traded along with a conditional seventh-round pick to the Minnesota Vikings, presumably to start for them in place of the recently injured Kirk Cousins. The Cardinals only really re- eh, received a 2024 sixth round pick in return after spending a fifth to pick him up before the season. Uh, what are your thoughts? What are you thinking with uh, Dobbs to Mini? <sighs> well, you know what? I think that it's... Um... I think that this Dobbs trade feeds into a lot of different aspects about the league as a whole and also specifically to this season. Um, So Joshua Dobbs, I think, has been one of, if not the biggest Cinderella stories this year. Not, Not even saying that the guy has played particularly great or anything, but it speaks to how down bad the quarterback position is that... Josh Dobbs looking competent uh, is a huge home run for anybody that took a chance on him, bought him for, you know, a late pick back when he was in that quarterback competition with huge quotes for Clayton Toon. Um, I think, uh, you know, it's sad that Kirk Cousins, um, I don't don't necessarily think it's a career for him, but with, you know, tearing his Achilles at 35, right? He's 35? Yep. 34, yeah, I, 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 I think uh, him, it, it sucks that it happened to him. He's playing the best football that he's ever done, um, even missing one of the best wide receivers in the league in Justin Jefferson. Um, but I don't know. I, I think that it's exciting. You know, it shows that the, the Vikings are still contending this year. And I think it certainly downgrades everybody on the Vikings uh, fantasy prospects, but really not by that much. They have a, they have a terrible defense and we know Josh Dobbs can sling it not as well as Kirk cousins could, but 
the game plan is largely going to be the same and it's just going to be a downgrade in quality but i all in all i'm i'm fairly excited you know we we think we're, we're fairly certain that josh dobbs is going to be the guy going forward rest of the season maybe nick mullins comes out if if things really go south but it's clear that these guys want to compete and um kevin o'connell his offenses are looking really really nice they're really entertaining i like the move uh what, what do you think um i guess my first thought is that dobbs did actually play pretty well for the cardinals despite their abysmal record um and they probably should have gotten more in a trade than what they sent for him in the first place given that he played fine he played better than expected at least so basically getting a move up of one round uh, one round late in day three is negligible but also given the quarterback trade market i doubt they could have gotten a whole lot more anyway and it's obvious that they were going to move on with kyler back um but beyond that i think it shows a bit that the vikings aren't just gonna throw in the towel and go away for the year i think see i'm not necessarily sure i think carson Wentz is a better quarterback uh he's obviously he's obviously got some sort of issues uh, i i might be the biggest carson Wentz hater in this community and i would still say that Carson Wentz is conservatively like a top 45 quarterback in the league, at least. Yeah, I mean, he's nothing spectacular, but if you need someone to throw the ball 40 times a game, I mean, skill-wise, do worse, I think, and he's free. Skill-wise, I think that Carson Wentz is just about as good of a dart throw as anybody past the top 25 quarterbacks maybe but it's it's very clear that he doesn't have the intangibles he's not a he's not a people person and he's bad for the locker room the the fact that he's not even on a practice squad right now with this being can can you remember a season shaking out this poorly for the quarterback position no i i can't either and i know that it's kind of said every year where people are like, wow, injuries, they really rattled us this year. It sure is zany, but like this year, come on. Like this last week, we had five quarterback injuries that may be even IR. more league altering than the group of injuries that happened earlier in the year. You know, we had um, Matthew Stafford with the thumb uh kirk cousins obviously with the achilles um desmond ritter with the concussion and also having a skill issue not concussion brock purdy is injured ish maybe i don't really know what's going on with that dude he's 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 clearly injured he's injured adjacent he's he's injured adjacent in some capacity there's something going Um, on with that dude yeah Danny Dimes. Uh, yeah, Danny Dimes is the neck injury. I'm willing to I, maybe you uh, know Zach Wilson with the talent injury. No, no, no. Okay, he he is. It's there's fatal. An injury. There's an injury on the Jets, but like, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna say Zach Wilson's a lead or anything, but like, 
give them some credit. They're on their like literal fourth string center. Like, come on. Um, Brees Hall but in, is in, doing a bang up job of carrying that offense. <laughs> in that same vein, though, you also have um, somebody like Anthony Richardson. Ma- ma- maybe so. we shouldn't get maybe we shouldn't get so derailed on this right now because I would like to talk a little more at length, specifically about this person, but kind of in the same realm of the injuries is uh, Jimmy G who had that really nasty looking hit mm-hmm. on his uh, on his left leg did, did you see the game uh, obviously the game you're, against you're, the Lions, Lions. Yeah. Uh, yeah I did watch that yeah that, like that, that uh, hit against his yep. yeah that hit against his leg looked terrifying I could not believe that he played after that yeah uh, um, but, but uh, all that's to say is the, the injury landscape is just insane for quarterbacks this year. So I think if you're in a super flex league, anybody you're on the fence on your bench, cut them for backup quarterbacks. Like, it is the Wild West right now. Um, but I, I think that's kind of the full extent of my thoughts on Dobbs, where, you know, I'm glad that he played his way into – kind of going from a fringe backup guy to seemingly being one of the more competent backups in the league to a bridge starter even yeah like yeah i'm not sure if he's quite in bridge starter territory for me yet uh but he definitely looks like you know competent backup material and that's certainly a tier higher than i had him going into the year and i like that you know we get to see another chapter of that in minnesota it speaks um, a lot to me, too, about Dobbs, where he was acquired to be the starter for the Cardinals for the season. And then the moment that Kyler comes back, another team in need of a bridge quarterback immediately trades for him. So there's multiple teams out there that thinks that think this guy's all right. At the very least. Yeah. Um, so right now, if I had him in Dynasty, like I wouldn't be surprised if there was a team that took a quarterback late in the first that wanted them to have like a decent veteran presence that maybe like a Dalton with Justin Fields situation where he starts half the season or whatever. Like you'll be getting games out of him going forward for who knows how long, but if you're going to trade him fantasy wise, you're going to get what, maybe a third for him. I just hang on to him. Why not? I, I would be willing to, if I'm a contender this year and I I've talked at length, kind of uh, the situation in my home league where me and another contender in my home league, we alone account for 10 starting quarterbacks, 10 quarterbacks that are currently starting in the NFL, and everybody else is scrounging around for for quarterbacks. And like the, the people at the bottom don't want to trade their guys because they're rebuilding and it's a super flex league and they need like pillars to go off of, you know? So like if you're in a league like that, I totally think I would be okay with, I would actually be okay with saying, like, in any league, I, I would be fine with trading a late second for Dobbs, I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would send a late second for him right now, but if I had him, <laughs> I don't think I'd be in any uh, hurry to move him for the deals that I, I'm getting offered. I mean, my, my argument for that is, like, clearly they want him to be the guy their rest of season and Kevin O'Connell's offense is good. It's a good offense. Looking really good. Um and for for the price of a late second, like late seconds, you know, the obviously not good. 
Yeah, obviously you want them to smash, but Josh Dobbs' rest of season is probably going to give you more points than anybody in the late second is going to. You know, like yeah. if if we're calling a spade a spade, so I like it's so funny that we went from the beginning of the year. I was screaming that Clayton Toon was not starting because he has a baller name. Uh, but now, like, if you're if you're a contender, like, you could do far worse than putting Josh Dobbs in your super flex. Yeah, I mean, Dobbs has been doing a good job. And honestly, if you've been starting him, you're probably doing fairly well because you got him cheap. The rest of your team is probably pretty decent, and he's scoring. What do you want? Absolutely. Cheap points, baby. That wins championships. Every James Conner owner on the planet knows that. <laughs> uh, but that's really all I've got on Dobbs talk. Uh, if there's anything you want to add before we move on to the other skill position player that got moved, uh, be well, my I, guest. I, I, I think that uh, I think that Dobbs could be used as a good springboard for what's going on in Vegas. Um, oh, as well God. as <laughs> I know uh, the, the sky is certainly falling in Vegas uh, I think all around but I think that Dobbs is a good indication of Jimmy G's future outlook and um, that's something that I would like to talk about because I've seen that there was a thread that I saw on Reddit that was is Jimmy Garoppolo Jimmy Garoppolo or something like that. It, there was there was a cute little cute little title, um, and I, I I might be the the biggest Jimmy apologist on this server because I think that he's very handsome and sexy. <laughs> um, but I also think that Jimmy is better than his play indicated this year under McDaniel's, um, and I don't think that Jimmy is drop. I almost said dropolo. <laughs> Uh, but I, I think that he's worth holding on to because even if he doesn't automatically get the starting gig somewhere, uh, he's going to be on a team. And we've seen Jimmy be able to execute some pretty good offenses before. Um, and Josh Dobbs being actively traded for by the Minnesota Vikings shows how far that goes for NFL teams. Yeah, uh, Jimmy Durapolo. Okay. <laughs> uh, I would actually go in the opposite direction with that a little bit here. Yeah? Um, very obviously, the Raiders are not particularly thrilled with their investment of Jimmy G. And I wouldn't be... Well, I guess, as uh, I believe Jesus put earlier, there was no one there to answer the phones in <laughs> Vegas. But uh -huh. I'm very surprised with the QB situation where it is league-wide that no one called the Raiders for Jimmy G. Okay, but I think that that's... I, I think that you have to look at things how an NFL team looks at him. Nobody is going to... Like, it, as much as I like Jimmy G... Well, one, I agree with Nick here in the chat. Jimmy G probably had calls, but nobody was there to field them. And two, people are going to go for Josh Dobbs because Josh Dobbs is essentially free. Jimmy G has a bit of an albatross of a contract, which is why I'm a little surprised that they have sort of committed to uh, Aiden O'Connell the rest of the year. Like, I, 
my prediction was that they were going to say, oh, you know what? Jimmy actually hurt his leg on that brutal tackle in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to roll with Aiden O'Connell this week while Jimmy heals up and sort of hedge their bets, kind of like how the Titans are with Will Levis right now. Um, but I, I absolutely think that Jimmy G, if he's cut by the Raiders, which seems really dumb to me because they invested so much and are they're gonna have so much dead cap next year. Like they they restructured his con his contract so that he would have security next year. Um, so I don't know, but I, I don't think that Jimmy G is out of the running of being a bridge quarterback next year. Um, well, I think that's what his future probably is. That, that's well, yeah. His, his future is probably you know he's probably no longer looked at as a franchise guy, which I don't think even me loving Jimmy the way that I do, I never really viewed Jimmy like that. I just view him as a guy to have on your roster because he just seemingly always greases his way into these starting positions, and we know that he can execute on a on a high level. He's not going to will a team to that high level, but he can if the surrounding pieces are good. And McDaniels, one of the worst head coaches in the league, his scheme was terrible. Jimmy played his worst ball under him. Hoyer played arguably his worst ball under him. You can look back uh, for all the other coaching opportunities that McDaniels has had, and those guys typically play their worst ball under him. I just don't think that it's a that it's a coincidence. And I'm a little shocked that, again, the Raiders are moving, like, fully moving away from Jimmy at this point without even kicking the tires and seeing what Jimmy looks like without McDaniels. Well, before I finish that thought, uh, Ball State just got a 44 yard rushing touchdown. Let's go, everybody. To tie it up, because Bowling Green also scored a touchdown about four minutes ago while we were talking about this. So it is now 20 to 21 pending a uh, play after, or a point after play. Well, I hope that the uh, Ball State Cardinals are elated from that rushing touchdown so that the NIU Huskies bring them down further when we kick their ass next week. You bet. But circling back, (laughs) I do agree that with the Raiders having a different offense, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're on bye this week, correct? They are not, actually. Oh, Monday to Sunday. They got fucked. Yeah, that's what makes this whole thing confusing. They don't have a bye week until week 13. So, like... I am just the only explanation that I can think of is that uh, is it Mark or Al Davis? I it's Mark Davis, right? Uh, it's Mark Davis, yeah. His dad is Mark Al Davis. Davis. The only thing that I can assume is Mark Davis really hated McDaniel's, and he is just kind of wants to flip the table over and start the pieces as fresh as he possibly can because you had the out from that tackle in the end zone you don't have the out of the bye week and you're just ready to commit to this fourth round rookie pick that looked bad against the chargers defense that just seems a little wild to me yeah well the raiders are apparently still favored against the giants this this upcoming weekend we'll see man i mean i i feel like 
I feel like Brett Coleman just somehow drugged the entirety of the the football community, and everybody thinks that this Aiden O'Connell guy is not terrible. Like not terrible when he is a like yeah he he wasn't picked day three, but he's a fourth round rookie pick, you know. Uh yeah, I'm really not expecting much. That being said, I did still pick him up in uh, my one quarterback home league because end of the roster. I, I Why mean, yeah. not? Yeah, like on the off chance that yeah he is the truth, like Brett Coleman says, sure. But I'm not I, trading for him. Yeah, I'm not trading for him. I don't see like I I you know me. I hype every single late round guy that has like a path to starting. And I see the hype on Aiden O'Connell and I think we got to pump the brakes. Like this is this is insane. He's done it'd be one thing if he had no game time action, but like again, he looked bad against the Chargers defense. Hey, the Chargers defense has some great players on it that are used horribly. Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I just don't get it. I think that the the offense is going to be abysmal rest of the year and not too different than they would if Jimmy was there. But Jimmy brings, like, I don't know. You can dog on Jimmy all you want, but, like, he brings a veteran presence and guys seem to love playing for him unless they're Devontae Adams. And Devontae Adams, like, probably just has a chip on his shoulder to begin with since Derek Carr's not there. Yeah. You know? I mean, I'll be honest. From the Raiders' perspective, I actually think starting Aiden O'Connell is the right move. Um, For actually the exact same reason why you say they should start Jimmy G. I mean, at this point, the season's over. They just fired everybody. Uh... Let's see what the kids got. They're going to have a relatively early pick. They're probably taking a quarterback in this draft anyway. So if you can stumble into a Brock Purdy situation where the kid's actually pretty decent, why not? For sure. I Yeah, I Long guess... Long term, I think it makes sense. I don't know what Jimmy's out is. I know he had a three-year, $30 million a year deal. He, yeah, it was um, three-year, $30 million, and they restructured it so that he gets more money next year. I think they saved something like $12 million if they cut him after June 1st. I'm going to look that up just to be certain. But, oh, it's a three-year $72 million deal, so it wasn't even that bad. Um, yeah, they have $12 million in dead cap if they cut him after next season. It's $28 million in dead cap if they cut him after this season. Yeah, so, so that's, I... That, that's, he's going to be there next year, even if he's just the most expensive backup in the league. Well, I, I thought it was if they cut him after June 1st, they... I, I they, don't know, they like lo- it, it's, it's so pe- goddamn People were saying... The, the, the common theory was that... The common speculation was that he would be a post-June 1st cut. Um, but either way, like... For the same, like, I get why you would want to see what you have with Aiden O'Connell, you know, given that you guys probably have an early-ish pick, but not that early. Like, they already won some games. Like, I'm still just a little befuddled that they're willing to commit so hard to Aiden O'Connell without seeing what they have with Jimmy. Well, uh, how many wins without... do they have so far? 
They have three. They're yeah, three, they have three and five. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, if they only win three games on the season, that's going to be a top three pick. Sure. And I could see them but, not winning another game unless Max Crosby wills them to wins, which he can. Which, yeah. I mean, he's very he, he's good. A, he's a bad man. He's a scary sure. dude. Yeah. I, I, but, either way, like, this is half me just holding out an irrational torch for Jimmy and half me saying, ha-ha, Raiders suck. Yeah, um, I don't see the value in starting Jimmy anymore, personally. Yeah, but uh, other other fantasy relevance to this conversation, does this change the outlook for any Raiders players that you have rest of the season? I think that it gives a slight bump to Josh Jacobs, but doesn't really materially change for anybody else. What do you think? I'm going to be honest, Jimmy's been so bad this year that I don't think it does anything. He's been awful. That's what I mean. I, like, I don't think that I, I don't think that AOC lifts anybody. Uh, but Jimmy's been bad, so I I would say the expectations are about the same. Yeah. Except I do think that they will run more since I, now they know that their offense isn't going to live by the pass. Yeah, I don't see any difference whatsoever. Um, if anything, who knows? Maybe he just chucks it deep to Devontae Adams a few times a game and hopes for the best. Yeah. Uh, that's that's about all I could see different. Um, and who knows? I know younger quarterbacks depend on their tight ends a bit more. They depend on the running game a bit more. So maybe we'll see a little bit more of that Michael Meyer breakout that we were hoping for a little bit. Um, Isn't it Mayer? Mayer. I don't know, man. <laughs> Michael Myers um, way better because that'd make him like uh, yeah killer. I I I get it I get it yesterday yeah. was Halloween it was a know. spooktacular you know um, but yeah I could see Mayor and Hooper doing pretty decently um but yeah it, their offense already sucks like how it, there's only up right that's well, no I don't not, I, I think that that's I think that's fake I think everybody is saying it's only up but no I think that this team is terrible and. I just think the team is bad in general. Uh, yeah, I'm not changing my outlook on it. And I think that if you have Aiden O'Connell, like, and somebody comes knocking and they, you know, they offer a second, I would take that and run. Yeah, why not? I would absolutely take the pick. Yeah. Um, move, <laughs> bake in any sort of gain you can get out of him, uh, especially if he has a good game this week. Sell, sell and run. Take the cash. Yeah, a good game against the New York Giants. <laughs> right? But who knows? Or Kayvon Thibodeau could have uh, seven sacks. To top yeah. Khalil Max six that he had against Aiden O'Connell when they played. Um, but moving on, we have another huge trade that happened for fantasy people. Absolutely Just huge. Massive. <laughs> Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones was traded to the, the Detroit Peoples Lions. The Peoples wide receiver. The Peoples-Jones <laughs> was traded to the Detroit Lions, and the Lions valued him so much that they even sent the Browns a future 2025 sixth-round pick for him. It was a it was an electrifying trade for sure. It's uh, definitely it broke Twitter. It uh it had the the, the Discord uh, moving a mile a minute. You know, people love this trade. 
Yeah, it's it's definitely like a real football move. They needed a deep threat that can catch a football. If anything, it certainly closes the coffin on Jameson Williams. You know, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily the... say it closes the coffin on him as like a player, but if you're holding out hope for Jameson Williams for fantasy, uh, the sell window is already closed. But yeah, like there's I... still a sell window. I will take this a step further and say that this does close the coffin on him. Uh, we we've had Dan Campbell, the eternal optimist on his guys, basically telling us over and over that Jamison Williams is not one of his guys, and he you know, in as nice a way as possible, and you know he's he's said that he's basically not one of his guys. He's been suspended for gambling. He's had the injuries. He's been criticized by the coaching staff for not having hands. I don't really know what else, like... And now they've just it, traded for someone that plays the same role functionally. Right. It, it, yeah, and when, when he takes the field, he had that one really cool touchdown, but when he takes the field, his... When he takes the field, his, his snap share is not that good. His target share is not that good. He doesn't look that good. They just traded for a guy that does the exact same position as him, and while it's not flashy and... You know, it's not going to set the fantasy world on fire. Like, we know that deep DPJ can play this role in the NFL. And I think the jury's still out on Jamison Williams with that. So I love this move for the Lions um, in real life because I've really grown fond of them. But I think Jamison Williams is, like, as good as dead. Like, if you could somehow still get like a late second or like a couple thirds for him. I would take it. Yeah. Sell for what you can. Um, yeah. I'm fortunate in that my home league is very, believe it or not, lions fans, thus huh. being my home league. And I have JMO still because I was holding the bag. So I'm just going to start <laughs> fishing for whatever I can get. I might well, you could just do, uh, I'm hoping could... that, the Lions slappies I play with might dish out a second round pick. You could do um, one of those blind auctions that's becoming more popular in the fantasy world. You know, just saying, hey, I'm going to deal him uh, at midnight this Sunday and I'm going to send him for the best offer in my inbox. Yeah. Just whatever I can get. Yeah. And this is a, uh, this is a future preview of this time next year for Quinton Johnston, by the way. Uh, this is a preview for Quinton Johnston this week. <laughs> the dude sucks. He's pretty bad, yeah. He's worse than J-Mo. Um, let's not get crazy. J-Mo uh, had more yards in one catch than QJ did in his first seven games. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> Awful. I think, I think that he's pretty much donezo. He's you know? terrible. Um, I could go off on this one for an hour. Yeah, I'm not it's, going it's, to, because I, I don't want to be mean. Yeah, I, I can't remember the last time that a guy has his rookie year. A, a, like, the, being a guy that's seen as a project his rookie year, his stock has fallen about as hard and as fast as it possibly could have, even with that baked in. The understanding of okay maybe this guy isn't gonna be a thing this year people are still like no he, he's like he is like super not a thing you know look look 
Josh Palmer is very good. So Josh that's Palmer a is very good. That he has to overcome, which I will actually go to bat for Josh Palmer. He's actually a pretty decent NFL player. But he shouldn't be some insurmountable hurdle for a first-round wide receiver. Yeah. It's it's just not looking good for him. It's not looking good for Jamison. Yeah. I I think the jury is still Bail. like there's a, there's like the the tiniest ember left for Traylon Burks. But it's not looking good for him either. The only credit I will give Burks whatsoever is that the Titans offense up until apparently Will Levis decided that he's the best rookie quarterback um was abysmal. And now it's just everything runs through D-Hop. Yeah. I mean, it kind of makes sense, though, right? Like, he's the veteran wide receiver, and they literally have no other pass catchers there. Um, yeah. Uh, Sharks uh, is asking what he could sell QJ for. I told him uh, dust in a broken washing machine. I, I think that QJ is literally, like, I, I think the way that you want to go with these players that you are selling low on I really think the best way to go about it is just doing a blind auction so that there's no way to communicate. Like there, there's no back and forth. There's no checking the, the trade calculators or that trade calculators. It's just giving everybody a hard deadline saying I'm out on this guy. And if you want him, like, I'm not going to negotiate, just get like, I will sell him for the best offer, but it's going to the best offer, you know? Yeah. And I, th I think that you're, you'll, you're going to be able to get better offers than if you're going back and forth on that because there will be people that come up to you being like, well, I'll give you like a fourth for him. And if you're like, no, I'm not interested in that, and then they'll be like, okay, well, what are you going to get? Like giving that deadline is going to make everybody kind of push their chips, even if they're not a lot of chips. Uh, they're going to kind of put it forward, and if they really want him, they would give you anything. Yeah. But on the flip side of JMO being dust, we now have Donovan Peoples-Jones in Detroit, which is a much more prolific passing offense than the Browns provided him before. And this is the same Donovan Peoples-Jones that had 61 catches last year for 840 yards. So the Lions may have uh, maybe reinvigorated this guy's uh, career a little bit here. We'll find out as he's put in, I see him kind of having a DJ Chark role from last year. Uh, that yeah. seems to make a lot of sense to be a similar fit. Um, I, I don't, I don't think he's going to be like that fantasy relevant, but it's like a good real life football move. I think like yeah. he should probably be on a roster in your league, but I wouldn't feel bad about cutting him. Um, I, see but I him, think that he, I see him kind of being a best ball guy. Yeah, like, I could see him kind of being, like, how Khalif Raymond is right now, where it's, like, you know, he's he's probably always going to be, like, the best guy on the waiver wire, and if you're truly down bad with uh, injuries or bye weeks or something, and you need a Hail Mary guy, like, you know, you could do worse than Donovan Peoples-Jones. Exactly. I, I am intrigued, though, what this does for the rest of Cleveland, you know? like Cedric Tillman, maybe David Bell. There's got to be one David Bell stand out there who's punching air. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine 
it's just going to be... I mean, Elijah Moore and Amari Cooper already have, like, 90% of their wide receiver targets. Um, I would imagine that the 18 targets that DPJ's had this year <laughs> is not really going to change much of anything. Which was also... when I uh, So I have his stats pulled up on Pro Football Reference right now, and I was shocked to see how little DPJ has been used this year. Um, with only eight catches for 97 yards. But I thought about it for maybe a quarter of a second, and it's like, well, who do they have to throw the ball down the field? Which is what he does. B.J. Walker doesn't throw the ball more than five yards downfield. Uh, Deshaun Watson is basically a corpse, uh, thankfully. Shot, yeah. So, yeah, uh, I'm just... Who knows? If you have Donovan Peoples-Jones on a roster right now, you've got to be thrilled. It's it's definitely... You've got to be ecstatic that there is some sort of life being breathed into this dude some way, somehow. Yeah, it's definitely a nice uptick for him. Um, and who knows? Like, he could legitimately... Like, eh, it's kind of a crowded offense with Laporta and Gibbs and everything, but he could be, like, the wide receiver, too, there. You know? Well, that's that's just it. Is I would imagine Josh Reynolds is going to hold him off for that job he's been doing very well this year for the most part he has um but overall obviously there are a lot of mouths to feed in that offense but again if you're playing in best ball and you have him i could see him being the kind of guy that has two catches for 80 yards and a touchdown yeah. i don't really see him getting more than four or five targets a game but they'll all be pretty high value 20 plus yard attempts for the most yeah, part, that's that's, that's his job. He's a field stretcher. He's going to be a good, a good best ball guy. Yeah, and as field stretchers do, they're usually not particularly great for fantasy unless they just have their Rashid Shahid day where they have three catches for 160 yards or whatever. <laughs> um, Marvin Mims. Exactly. Um, oh, that's actually a very good point that Jesus made. If you're in return yard leagues, uh, Dorsey, the uh, kick returner for the lions got hurt on a gunner play last night against or two nights ago against the raiders so donovan people's jones actually does a lot of kick returning too um so if you're especially if you're in a best ball kick return league that's a guy to target get him which is my bread and butter but overall yeah he could he could be a pretty decent uh spot start by week injury filler kind of guy uh, but yeah, until totally. until he plays a game, I'm not going to give too much of a recommendation one way or the other because I still we can assume that he'll have a certain job for the Lions, but I mean we don't know until we see him out there. Yeah, I mean maybe maybe he you know forces his way to more of a usable role, but I, I think for now I you know I'm I'm pretty comfortable just calling him. Uh guy that's okay to have on your roster okay to cut bait on but the stuff spot up, that he, i guess yeah the, the the spot that he landed in is certainly better than cleveland yeah it's it's an improvement of some sort generally when wide receivers move it's not a good thing uh historically speaking but it can't get worse than 97 yards in seven games so exactly <laughs> yeah if you're still holding that bag congratulations um yeah, the uh, I would say any other effect outside of like JMO for the Lions is probably pretty minimal. 
that offense seems pretty set in stone. There's already plenty of mouths to feed between the two main running backs, Laporta, Amonrod. I mean, Josh Reynolds gets his five or six a game. Uh, Khalif Raymond will have his gadget plays. Like, that offense is just already saturated for the most part. We do love our gadget plays. And it's not like Jamison Williams still isn't going to get his snaps. Uh, he's, it's not like he died. Uh, he's still there. It's just he has competition. Maybe it'll help him for all we know. But, yeah, why not? It's it's a it's a new place for the guy. Um, on the Browns side, I would actually say that it hurts their wide receivers that they still have that you'd maybe think about starting with Elijah Moore and Amari Cooper. Well, yeah. I, I because don't now that, they don't uh... even have that deep threat that they weren't throwing to. Yeah, I, I don't think that it it helps those guys, but I kind of think if you were counting on Elijah Moore, then... You're already in trouble. You're already living on a prayer. Uh, Amari the dude Cooper, gets an unbelievable amount of targets, though. Yeah, Amari Cooper, I think, is still like pretty startable, but I, I think there's a lot of people who are speculating about Cedric Tillman, and I think that this... It opens like, he, the door. He, yeah, he, he's, he's already a long shot, but it opens the door, and stuff like this is what you need to happen for those late round guys to have the opportunity to show what they are, you know? So, and I mean, that's cool for him. DBJ for the lack of stats that he had still started five of the seven games. Like he was still listed as a starter for most of that time. Yeah. So someone's going to be getting those starts. Um, I'm going to look up what his snap count was like, because maybe that'll, I don't know, give us some sort of idea of what we could be seeing out of Tillman, who I assume is the one that'll be stepping into that role. Who knows? It could be David Bell for all I know. I don't know what's going on could in be. Cleveland. I, 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 I'm going to be honest. I don't really know that much about David Bell or... Well, that offense is kind of a disaster anyway. That, that too. Uh... Um, but yeah, I mean, DBJ, he was still getting mid-80s or up snap counts this entire time. That's uh, crazy. His lowest week, he had 61% in week seven, but he was 80% or higher, all the way up to 90% in week four. This is also his second bye week of the season. Um, That's... So you're only getting 16 <laughs> games out of him this year. But Damn. <laughs> that's uh, neither here nor there. This is kind of funny. That doesn't happen too often. Um, but I can only dedicate so much time to Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think uh, we dedicated enough time to Donovan. I think we've Peoples dedicated Jones. maybe of time too to much Donovan time. Peoples Jones, but he is the Peoples Jones. And he I'll is make the Peoples that joke Jones. A million times this year, if he does anything. Uh, joke. This is where we're gonna have to have some sort of sound effect edited in because I had no, <laughs> I had no retort whatsoever. And, okay. Uh, okay. All right. Let, fine. Let's move yeah. on. Um, the only other offensive move or I guess offensive move, was uh, the Jaguars receiving Ezra Cleveland, a uh, younger guard from the Vikings, for a 2024 sixth-round pick. And I don't know anything about offensive linemen. I'll be entirely I, honest. I think I saw people said that this was, like, a good move. Yeah, everything I read was that Cleveland is actually a pretty good player and that it didn't make a ton of sense for the Vikings to move him so cheap. That's that's what I saw too, but I 
I, they're probably of the mind where, I don't know, maybe he was like on the last year of his contract or something, but they're probably of the mind of like, okay, let's get Dobbs, but like at the same time, we know that like we're not going to resign, resign this guy. So let's just get something for him. But it seems to be a savvy move by the Jags. And, you know, ETN's having the season of his life. Um, so it seems like wheels up for that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking this guy up on Pro Football Focus because despite us always making fun of PFF, I have no idea how to grade offensive linemen. And so I just default to them. I don't know. That seems reasonable to me. Yeah. Uh, and he has a 73.8 uh, overall rating, which 70 is good. So this guy's 25 years old and pretty good. Has only allowed a snap on the year and only has two penalties. Or a sack, sorry, not a snap. Um, in 372 snaps played. So, like, he's good. He's really good. And he's pretty young. And they traded him for a sixth-round pick. Which leads me to believe that this is his fourth season. He's probably in a contract year. Yeah, drafted in 2020. Um, and they didn't think they were going to be able to keep him in free agency. Yeah, like I, I think that's that it. that's it. They were, that they just weren't going to re-sign him. And they probably... Like trading for Dobbs means they're not totally out on this season. But I think that they know the score. And so they just got something. You know? Oh. And Sharks has mentioned some action. <laughs> Let's do another Mostly talking about his college fantasy football, but Bowling Green is up 24 to 21 with the ball in a minute and 26 seconds left. Wow. Um, Timeout, like Ball Bowling State, Green. and it's fourth down. So they're going to be kicking it to Ball State with a minute 26 left. Whoo! <laughs> Guys, if I could put the radio play-by-play here so we could talk about the last minute and a half of this four and four ball state versus two and six sorry two and six ball state against four and four bowling green mac game on a wednesday night i could but we can't so we're gonna move on and i will tune you guys back into the end of this one um (laughs) but yeah uh the vikings on one hand, traded for Dobbs because, like, it seems like they want to keep going for it to make the playoffs, but then also trading away Ezra Cleveland just seems like a tanking move. I don't know. Maybe they have, like, another guy that they think is I promising. sure hope so because like, it seems conflicting. That seems like a tank on one side and a go for it on the other. Yeah. I mean, we, we thought the same thing, though, when the cards originally traded for Dobbs, you know? Like, why... Why bother trading? Who did they trade away? They traded away somebody for a well, they fifth, traded, and then they... I don't remember. And then they traded that fifth for Dobbs. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like, you know, I at the end of the day, I'm just going to... I'm going to... I'm not going to say it's a good reason, but I trust that there is a reason that they did it. Ball State know. went... Or, sorry, Bowling Green went for it on fourth down and got sacked. Wow. Wow. Oh, my God. We got... <laughs> Ball State with the ball at their own 33-yard line. Oh, with a minute 20, I'm getting all fired up. Sorry. Um, this is not great radio of me interrupting you, making real points with me talking about a Mac game. <laughs> <laughs> but 
I said we were giving you updates, people. And that's what we're doing. We you we did promise that at the beginning of the show. Um Yeah. Because really my only takeaway is nothing really made sense with what the Vikings did for me in regards to both of those trades combined. <laughs> if you make one of them or the other, it makes plenty of sense, but both of them Look. I don't know. I don't man. know, man. I've seen people in fantasy leagues make dumb moves before, like Yeah, but they're not paying millions of dollars to do it. I I I I've said this many times on this show, but I think that there are plenty of people in the server who could do what people who get paid millions to do better than uh than than those people. I'm not even sure if I said that sentence right, but you know, I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah, I I think there's a reason. Yeah. Um. But yeah. I the think... Razul Douglas injury report. That, I that, I didn't that see about. that he was injured. No, he's not. Oh. He okay. went. He went. To oh. The, the. Yeah. He just he got here. It, yeah. He just said he just got. Here, oh so right. He, yeah. Yeah. I I thought uh, he actually got hurt. No. Yeah. Razul Douglas. Uh, the Bills. If you haven't seen it. On their injury report for practice, it said he didn't practice today because, uh, quote unquote, he just got here. That's it. That's the whole bit. It's pretty yeah. funny. It's it's pretty good. I didn't it's laugh because I've already seen it, but it's right. pretty funny. Right, yeah. The, the first time that I saw it, I did go, ha. <laughs> <laughs> That's cheap. That's pretty good. That's fun. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was a, that was a good, good bit. Yeah. It was a good bit. Absolutely. Um, as far as that trade affecting either team, I don't think it really has any fantasy implications. There is a defensive trade that I think has a lot of fantasy implications. Um, probably the last one we'll hit here before we get into uh, some community questions. Um, but the commanders decided to trade away their entire offense. Or, sorry, their entire defensive line, um, basically. Uh, trading away Chase Young and Montez Sweat for a combined second and third round pick. Which is not a lot. Um, great move for the only winner, sorry, in all of this. The only winner is the San Francisco 49ers for getting Chase Young for a third round pick. Look, man, I, I don't know That's what you it. want me to say. Uh, well, I'll make fun of the Bears for just a second because Sweat said that he wants to be closer to home in Atlanta, and the Bears did not make any sort of extension talk a part of this trade. So they sent a second-round pick functionally for 10 games of this guy. Uh, it's almost guaranteed that he's not going to stay in Chicago unless they pay him an unbelievable amount of money. So I, this is just Chase Claypool again, but maybe slightly better. Because he might just be a good player for like the ten games he plays for them, unlike Claypool. I mean, I, I just don't understand how we could. I don't. I don't understand how we could do this. You know, like trading for a guy without who's who's coming to the end of his rookie contract, and uh, right, he's on his rookie contract. Um. Yeah. This will be. This is his fourth year, and I don't think they picked up his okay. fifth year option. Yeah. So. I, I don't understand trading for this for a guy like this without talking ahead of time and being like, hey, so you, you're like in our team's future plans, right? 
but immediately after we get him, he's publicly saying that he wants to go Play closer to home. Yeah. Like, like the Falcons or Titans or how, something. Like, I I know a couple of weeks ago we we talked about you know like, the the, the talk with Bacon made me pretty optimistic about polls. Like, okay, maybe he learned some mistakes from trading for Claypool, um, and like I would much rather have a guy who, you know, has made mistakes and is willing to take the L and can learn from them. But it looks like he's learned nothing. Like, to 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 trade another likely very high second round pick there's still time to turn it around though um but to do that again and not establish ahead of time that like to to not lock something down or or have that in place just seems insane to me and i know that we have the cap space to pay him but you know they're not just, gonna it, like we 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 still might end up doing it but it just seems so silly and like you're not doing your job to to lock it down you know yeah we could tag him Jeezy like for sure we could do that but like why wasn't this done why, why wasn't this established when you traded for him like I, I don't know he's just th- th- there's just too much that's led up to chance and the fact that we like soured our relationship with Jalen Johnson, you know, it seems like they told him, yeah, man, if you want to trade so bad, like you're free to find that anywhere. And it seems like the rest of the league kind of told him to kick rocks, but like, it's just a repeated pattern of not wanting to establish goodwill with players and work out what the long-term plan is. Like this is year three of Justin Fields, this is year two of polls, like what is the vision? What is being communicated? What has been communicated? As of right now, I couldn't tell you anything. It just seems like we're burning through these young guys that are supposed to be these pillars and we're not establishing anybody as like our future long-term plans. We don't know if Justin Fields is the quarterback of the future still. We don't know what their plans are. We, We have DJ Moore Seems like Mooney's gonna go. You know, we have Comet. Go watch the QB school on Comet. Like, I don't know what else you want me to say, man. I'm riled up. From the outside looking in, usually when you have a rebuilding team, there's like a few core pieces where you're like, these are the guys that we're gonna build the team around. Like, this is the foundation for our organization. And with the Bears very likely having two top five picks, um, very possibly the first overall pick, I don't know if I can say for certain that I know a single player on the Bears today that'll be there in two years. Yeah, and I'm totally, I'm right there with you, man. I I don't don't know who, who that's supposed to be. I don't, like, from coaching staff all the way down, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, what do you do if you take Caleb Williams, Drake May, like Drake May, one of these guys? Like, that doesn't solve your problem if the rest of the team is inept. I mean, look at USC. They have Caleb Williams in college against college players, and as good as he is, they're still losing games by a lot to, like, Utah and Notre Dame, which are good college teams. 
But Utah also just turned around and got smacked by 29 against Oregon. And USC was supposed to be able to compete with Utah and Oregon. <laughs> so, like, what? You think the Bears fielding the shell of an NFL team, even with a top quarterback, even replacing one who's already supposed to be a top quarterback prospect, is going to fix anything or change anything? It's not. Yeah, like, you know, I, I keep going back and forth on, like, what we're supposed to do with, like, our, you know, if, if we have the top pick. And, like, you know, Caleb Williams seems great and everything, but, like, we're, we're kind of at the point now where it's, like, would anybody turn this around? Like, at this point, I would just burn the whole thing down, man. Just like, burn like the it whole kinda, thing down and start from scratch. Get I'm, any I'm pick you coming... can. I'm kind of coming around to the idea that we should be sticking with Fields and not not because I think that he's like the best option for that, but just because like this team is so talent efficient that we need to like plant our flag somewhere and build around it. And like Fields has done like enough to show me that like you know he's a, he's like an exciting player at least and like if we can use the top pick to you know if we can get marvin harrison jr and then trade the other pick for a haul like that to me it at least shows me that we have a direction that we're moving in you know so yeah it's it's directionless it's it's a disaster um who's the owner of the bears right now the McCaskies. The McCaskies. Um, so, obviously, I'm a Lions fan. The Lions are a rival team for the Bears. Uh, not necessarily a primary rival with the Packers there, but one nonetheless. And you'd think, oh, hey, as a team that plays them twice a year, or a fan of a team that plays them twice a year, I'd want the Bears to suck forever. You know, makes it easier for me. Makes life better. Um... And if someone has some way to reach the McCaskies, they can feel free to clip this and send it to them because <laughs> the Bears are a directionless pile of fucking garbage. They are useless. Okay. There's nothing I there. Can say that. And they're fucking you can't awful. Say that. I can say that. They're fucking terrible. And they're not going to be good for like ever at this current no, that's rate. That's true. It's true. It needs to change. There is, it's, they're fucking embarrassing. They're awful. It makes the entire division look bad. Somebody fix it, for the love of God. We, we really are like the Jags from a decade ago. They're so terrible that, like, the Lions wins this season that are inevitably coming shouldn't even count. They should, it should just be a bye week. The Bears suck. There's nobody there worth rooting for other than DJ Moore, who doesn't even want to be there. Just according to him in pre-game talks, talking about how the team doesn't even know how to use him. Justin Fields, any talent he had has been entirely squandered by people that are unaware that he's actually able to throw the ball and then also run. Believe it or not, people can do both. Don't tell the Bears because they don't want to do that. Uh, they have a trio of running backs who could potentially be good. We'll never know because they don't know how to call a run play.
because their coaching is abysmal and not well, even aligned with their, up, G- their GMs. Don't, don't look up what happened to our running backs coach today. Yeah, it's terrible. It's absolutely pathetic, and it's been going on for years. Figure it out. They still don't have a 4,000-yard passer ever. In today's NFL, they can't even muster up 4K. Are you kidding me? Baker Mayfield, who has been treated like dog ass his entire career, is on pace for 4,000 yards. And he was somebody's dumpster juice that they signed off a free agency for $8 million this year. And I love Baker. But come on, man. Figure it out. That, that's, that's my rant. Thank you. You're welcome. Someone send that to the McCaskies. I don't even care. <sighs> Fucking bears. Yeah, I just, I, every time I, like, see any, a- anything to do with our organization as an org, not, not even the team, I just turn into George from Seinfeld, you know, serenity now, <laughs> serenity now. Dude, it's fucking terrible, but yeah, so those are the offensive players uh, on the flip side, though, obviously we gave the Bears their it's so much fun to talk about them, I'm going to be honest with you. But we gave them more than enough minutes of Montez Sweat chat. But the flip side is the Commanders. Uh, fire up your Sam Howells, because he's going to be throwing the ball a ton. Uh, yeah, man, I, I, I like they Sam don't Howell. Have, their defense was fine because their edge rushers were pretty good, and now they're gone. Their defense sucks. They have Emmanuel Forbes, all 130 pounds of him. Uh, that's it. I can't name another player on that defense. No. Not I, a single one. The, the defense is going to be terrible. This definitely seems like a lame duck Ron Rivera season um, for sure. Uh, and I, I think that Ron Rivera has earned that with this organization for them to play out the, the year with him and just, you know, see what they have in Sam Howell. But, uh, Oh man, for I'm fantasy, with you, man. He's like, going to kill it for the rest of the year. Dude. He, he's already been killing it. If you take away the, the Buffalo bills game, I think he like, he looks exciting. You know, he, he's quarterback eight on the year in fantasy. Yeah. Like he doesn't have, like he makes a lot of dumb mistakes, right? He basically sacks himself five or six times a game. But you know, you need to remember that he's essentially a rookie. And I think if you want to take the bad, if you want to point to him sacking himself, you also have to look at the good, you know, and recognize the totality of the picture that he's painted with his play. He's been fine. And he's shown he's shown like I think he's shown a pretty decent amount of promise. Like both games against the Eagles, he's brought that elite Super Bowl caliber defense to the brink, you know? Yeah. And he's doing that as a fifth-round rookie pick. Um, so I'm excited for him the rest of the year because he's basically just going to be padding those stats. <laughs> and uh, I think everybody on the Washington offense just got a nice shot in the arm fantasy-wise. So, for those of you kind of, I mean, you might be like me and you might be a little hesitant about uh, Sam Howell and buying him or whatever and what his price may be. Uh, Sam Howell currently has a 67% completion percentage, which is pretty good, right? It's a pretty good quarterback. I'd say it's above average. Um, 
And I'm going to list out two numbers here. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, and they are both pass attempts. Kirk Cousins leads the NFL in pass attempts with 311. Uh, obviously, he is done for the year. But he was on quite the clip. Sam Howell is second with 308. Damn! Sam okay, Howell has thrown the second most passes in the league and is completing almost 70% of them. He's good. He's firing it. Yeah, he's he's slinging it. He, he has is, a, he like, has four more pass attempts than Pat Mahomes. The Commanders are he, putting he, more on his plate than the best player in the league. People want to complain all the time about your Desmond Ritters or your Jimmy G's, as we kind of went over earlier in the episode. People want to complain about those guys playing boring, bad football. And you can accuse Sam Howell of a lot of things, I think, but yeah. you can't accuse him of being boring, okay? He seems to me like Taylor Heineke on steroids. Well, and, like here's, the, the, yeah. and here's the, the thing. Wins, is, the the well, wins aren't there the same way that they were with Heineke, but he just slings it and isn't afraid of the outcome. And it's probably frustrating as a Commanders fan, maybe, but like you can't deny that it's just fun. Yeah. And, I mean, you could say, oh, well, he's, uh, you know, just dink and dunking his way down with all these passes. He's sixth in the league in air yards. So, he's hucking it. He's sixth in the league in yards and sixth in the league in air yards, which means his depth is made up. Decent. Average. Yeah. Sam Howell is hucking it, to quote Goofy. As we always do on this show. Oh, absolutely. Um, now, the defenses he played, too, like, as far as quarterbacks go, uh, if you pull it up on Sleeper, there's a lot of green there. But he's doing it, and he's going to be doing it more because they just got rid of their entire pass rush. Go get some Sam Howell. Who knows what it costs? I have no idea what Sam Howell costs, actually. Because he's, like, I mean, kind of a rookie, would, but he's a fifth-rounder. and What would you be willing to pay for Sam Howell? Yeah, probably an early second now. If he's willing to spend. That's that's a gamble I would take on him. I don't think anyone with him would sell for that. Would you pay for? Would you pay a late first? Depends on the league and how I'm doing. Like, let, let's, say, let's say that you're, like, a guy... I think if I'm a contender... With a late first, and I have a need for a quarterback this year that has a potential for doing something past the year, he would be my target. Like him let's, or like a Will okay, Levis. Let, let, let's say this. Let's let, let you know. Let's let's pretend. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're six and two. Mm-hmm. Okay. And your quarterback one. Uh, I don't even know who it would be, but let, let's say Probably it's like Justin somebody. Herbert because I was literally thinking, wow, what everyone I loves Justin Herbert. Yeah. Let's just be honest. Uh, Okay, yeah. He's just so a good guy. Say, He's fishing champ. Let, let's say it's Justin Herbert. He's a set and forget guy, right? Let's say in your super flex, I'll get really spicy with this. Okay? Mm-hmm. Let's say your super flex spot is Trevor Lawrence. Do you That's spend spicier a, a than the first? Kirk Cousins that uh, shut the door offered. No, no, no. No, your super flex is Trevor Lawrence, the most boring fantasy quarterback on the planet. <laughs> Do you that do that? Um, you have this ability. 
you know, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert aren't losing their time any their, their job anytime soon. Do you get a little spicy and spend a late first on Sam Howell? You want me to get spicier? Let's do it. I'd offer Trevor Lawrence for Sam Howell plus. Okay, that's get me that's out. Even, that's that's way spicier than I thought. Let me out. God damn. Okay. Um, if I could get Sam Howell in a first for Trevor Lawrence, I'd probably do it. Damn. And super flex. The only and the main reason I'm saying that right now in particular is that I just traded my last Trevor Lawrence <laughs> shared super flex for a package for Justin Herbert. I bet um, that felt really good though. Oh, it felt great actually. Um. But yeah, I'm. I mean that it's as much an indictment on T Law's fantasy relevance as it is how much I think Sam Howell is just dishing. I mean, um, like I, I, I feel like at this moment, you know, we're we're heading into week nine here. I feel like as a fan, I've seen enough to where if they rolled with Sam Howell again next year, I would not be surprised. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, I, I mean especially fifth round picks only make like nine hundred grand a year, so that's like no cap hit for your quarterback for another two years. That's what I mean. Like he he's he's essentially fairly low risk, um, and uh, you know I like the bad has been pretty damn bad, but the good has been pretty damn good. And I don't think that you see the le- like the the level of flashes that you do with somebody like him and move away from it when the risk is so low. So maybe they bring in like like Jacoby Brissett's like the perfect foil because he's like the exact kind of guy I would be like, well, maybe they'll bring him in next year. But I, I think that, you know, the only reason why you would bench Sam Howell right now is if Ron Rivera was trying to save his job with wins but i feel like everybody know like remember there was like whispers like even going into this last week that sam howell might be benched i thought that that was mostly smoke um but it it feels like everybody knows the score you know that ron rivera's gone like thank you for your service so why not just have fun with it and you know like see if this guy is a legit NFL quarterback because in my eyes I feel like he's done enough to where I would say yes if Aiden O'Connell did what Sam Howell is doing right now everybody would be calling him the future um yeah I I'm very impressed if any rookie quarterback was doing what Sam Howell is doing right now we would be screaming uh the guy would be worth two three first round picks but because yeah. this is Sam Howell's second year and he's a fifth rounder it's uh there's this other guy oh what's his name it's uh puka something okay uh, i mean it's a similar concept though is it not yeah I, I i would say it's probably more accurate like nico collins well you know i i think yeah like the, there's it's, certainly some differences in it wasn't the immediate positions. like with puka right i i think but, that there's some difference with the positions um but i'm i'm with you man like this is not to say that like i have staunchly taken an anti-draft capital stance because i do think that draft capital you know it's not a perfect system but it does tell us a lot about a player but i think that people are too quick to write off the 
like flashes that are shown by these later round guys. Um, and they they give too much of a leash still, I think, to guys who are drafted in like the first round, you know, like Sam Howell has shown that he can game with what many people think is the best team in the NFL, the, the Philadelphia Eagles. He went toe to toe with them. Yeah. I like, and, and you just, and, and he's, and he's an exciting gunslinger. You know, it's not like he's kind of like a dink it and like dunk it and boring. Yeah, it's not, it's not like he's like a Minshew type where I love Minshew, but like, we know that Minshew doesn't have an arm and he, you know, he, he has some like serious deficiencies that kneecap him and his ceiling. But Sam Howell, like, it's not a matter of does this guy have a ceiling? It's like, can we harness his power? You know? Yeah. And as far as, I mean, even pre-draft, he was the top quarterback on a lot of teams boards, uh, a lot of draft analyst boards, stuff like that. Uh, obviously, the entire draft class dropped like crazy last year, um, except for Pickett, who should have. Um, and if Howell, if, if Pickett is doing it's very, what Howell, oh is yeah, doing like he's worth a ton. The conversation is completely different. Well, and that's just it. And it's very, very rare for us to get out of a single draft class without at least one quarterback showing up. Right. Uh, just statistically speaking so like fuck it let's have the fifth round guy be the dude like why not matt corral's already gone he's basically already well, out he, of the league he can he can join brock purdy uh, you know as these late darlings yeah uh because i mean obviously corral's like out of the league malik willis is uh a memory uh picket will probably join them in a couple of years i'd imagine if not, I don't know what the Steelers' record is right now. I can look it up very quickly, but I wouldn't be surprised if he they're, joins them they're, uh, soon. Yeah, I I think Kenny Pickett probably f- finishes out his rookie contract with them. They'll they'll probably fire Matt Canada in the offseason, and then there'll be all this well, hype Well, didn't he about... just get promoted or something? He did, but didn't Jimmy just get signed for three years in Las Vegas? Like, what, what does any of it mean? It, There's going to be some fall guy for for this season and it's probably going to be Matt Canada. Yeah. I uh I'm not so certain. I think the Steelers end up with a top 5 pick. I think they just re-roll. Yeah. Why not? What do you have to lose? Kenny Pickett? <laughs> Who Chapapopola below uh put in TDM main earlier. Uh show me the difference between Pickett and Zach Wilson. Because Zach Wilson's been better. Yeah, Zach Wilson is like. And Zach shown... Wilson sucks. You can Zach, say Zach what Wilson you want. Is... He's improved from awful to bad. Yeah, I well, you know, I like again. I have no, I have no illusion about Zach Wilson secretly being great, but he has been up into the right this year, slowly but surely. And I can't say the same from Pickett. Yeah, no, he's just bad. Um. I don't even know where that tangent started. I just really like making fun of bad quarterbacks. It was about Howell. Oh, it was about Howell, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and the reason why I summoned the name Puka Nakua, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown could be a similar, like, if Sam Howell had the grace of a first-round pick, or even an early second, like Will Levis, 
of, oh, hey, he can have a couple of bad games, but he'll keep his job because they've invested so much in him. Like, people would be climbing up the walls right now. Pat Mahomes only started one game his rookie year. Immediately he blows up his second year, and because he was a first-round pick, people are all in on him. Sam Howell, who is currently outpacing Mahomes in most stats in his second year. That's nah, right. Whatever. I'm, even me right here. I was like, I'd pay an early second for him. I don't know. Dude's right. balling. Like, if he had first-round draft capital, people would be tripping over themselves to pay, like, two firsts. Yeah, two, three. I mean, the guy's killing it. He's top ten in basically every stat. The only thing he needs to cut out is, like, the young, silly turnovers. Yeah. Which all young players do anyway, unless they're just freaks. Right. Like, he's so. figuring out he's figuring out his game in the league, like... Just give him a little patience, you know? Yeah. Swap his name with CJ Stroud and see what happens. Because CJ Stroud's already worth a ton because he's killing it. But yeah. he was second overall pick. Yeah. Which is also actually very rare. Second overall picks are not good quarterbacks usually. So Shout out to Lovey Smith, man. Yep. Shout out to Stroud for uh, being the farewell gift of Lovey Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, this leaves us, uh, we've got about 10 minutes left here. Um, we've still got sharks and goose hanging out. If either of you have community questions, uh, feel free to hammer away. It can feels be... a little odd without Andre in here. I know. And it can be anything. Oh, how many, I can fight zero sharks. Yeah. I, I know that you're just supposed to boop them on the nose or turn them over, but I think that they would for sure. Sharks is me. asking us how many sharks we can fight. Well, like, are we like squaring up with them? Because I can fight zero sharks. Well, if it's on land, then Oh, if it's on land, die. I can fight infinite sharks. Yeah. I'll geese, just stand away uh, from them. Geese is more pertinent because when I was, uh, attending NIU, um, we had this oh flock of geese on campus and there was one goose in particular that was like violent as hell who would screech and honk at anybody who walked by and uh like hiss at them like like he it would run at you like it's gonna bite you and i assume this is a canada goose no this is a this is a this is a red-blooded american goose well i mean uh, like i'm saying like the species Oh, I, I mean... Like the sure, black neck and head with the little white chin? No, it, it was... Or was it just like a white goose? No, it was a white goose. Oh, you guys have them there? Yeah, oh, it was I, a white I've goose. Like never and seen uh, one, one of my roommates, like, encountered it at the time, and he was, like, listening to music while walking past it, and it got, like, real close to, to like, biting his legs. Oh, so yeah. He, like, so he kicked the goose square in the chest, and it, like, honked and, like, flew off. But it was, like one of the craziest things that i've ever heard and it was that goose was basically entirely fine right yeah it like the the goose was pissed off but like the the goose was coming up to him you know yeah the geese don't fuck around they so don't fuck around you i would not say want a, i could take to like hiss at you. i could take a goose one-on-one -on -one. i would say that i could probably do that but i would not come away unscathed people don't realize those bills are sharp and those yeah, things man. weigh like 25 pounds, which that's a weight. You get a couple of those things coming at you, you better be accurate because you missed. You're going to get ripped up. Geese are really underrated. And, and they terrifying. are mean. Yeah. Goose is a scary name. I, I think if, if we're talking like how many geese could I fight tooth and nail 
before I felt like I would actually die, I I feel like I could maybe like it would not be clean and I would have some life potentially life altering injury, but I feel like I could maybe fight off three aggressive geese. Yeah. They're fucking big. You don't realize like, how big they are until you're like right yeah. up on them too. Like they they are probably uh they are probably lacerating leaving several lacerations on my skin. Maybe I'm blinded or something. Maybe I lose an appendage. But I feel like I feel like I could technically beat three geese. Any more than that? No, I think I'm I'm dead. Yeah, I'm not I'm not claiming that I'm beating more than one goose. Shout out to I mean, all, our user all, goose on the wonderful all, picture that he All just you put need though is like all you need really is like one good hit, right? I mean, well, you can say that about like anything. True, but like I could take down a lion if I just got one really good hit in. Right, but, but but one good hit on a on a goose is much more feasible than one good hit on a lion. Well, and here's right? the thing: like you'd say, "Oh, I'll just hit him in the head," but there's like no weight to it that I feel like the head would just like go off to the side and just bounce back. That that is so that like is I don't I even think about. it would do like, that much damage. And they're dumber I, I than like... shit, and you'll probably cut yourself doing it with that beak. Yeah, well, I so I feel like the way that you'd have to do it is you you would have to hit their. Man, they're such terrifying creatures. I feel like you would have to hit their abdomen, and then their their neck and head essentially become snakes. So I feel like you would have to get them on the ground and then like step step on their neck or something. Yeah, you've got to do something. But this is a multi-blow combo that you're having to pull off now, and you're not doing that while you have another goose sniping at your ankles. Yeah, I, yeah. The more that we're talking about this, yeah. the more terrified I am. Yeah, this. maybe geese, it is just one goose. Geese will fuck you up if you're unarmed. You better have like a golf club or a baseball bat or something to shore this up because it's not going well for you. Yeah, and that's not even to mention swans, which no. are just giant no. angry geese. Everyone talks about how pretty they are, but those are some angry motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah. No pushback from me on that. Yeah, that's... Uh, Sharks is asking, how many geese can take one great white shark? Uh, I think that's entirely home field dependent. Like, if you're yeah. talking about, like, surface of the water, like, the geese are just going to get picked off from below constantly. Uh, yeah. If you're on land, well, I mean, the shark's just going to suffocate. Um, There is a fantasy question where sharks said Akon <laughs> Akon the sharks. Yeah, we had Akon the Jeezy. Quick, quick aside, but Fields is worth more than London, right? I would say so. Uh, uh, I'm less positive. I, I, I don't think it, like, I, I don't think it's like a smash or anything, but like, I would not feel comfortable just Fields for London straight up. Like, I feel like I feel like Fields plus London and a two. If I have London, I don't think I'm taking that. Yeah, if you need a QB, though, like, I don't know. Trading Fields for London feels I think, gross. I think I would prefer Sam Howell. Sure, but we're talking about Fields. Yeah. 
I mean, if that's like gun to my head, that's the only quarterback I can get. I think I'm punting the season. I'm very, very bullish on Drake London, though. I think he's a top I mean, ten wide receiver I, I, talent I, I, in the league. I think that Drake London's a fantastic talent for sure, but I feel like right now with Arthur like, Smith, the, like I feel like right now with the market, like the like like overall the macro market. Like, if you saw a Fields for London trade going down, would I, that feel right? I wouldn't really blink. I just wouldn't do it. That's probably reasonable. Yeah, like, I, I guess I wouldn't blame anybody for taking it, but I feel like something something needs to be added onto, onto that. Yeah, but nothing more is going to be added onto the podcast. Uh, we're all out of time okay. today, fellas. Uh, thank you for tuning in, as always. We always appreciate having you guys. I'm saying that as there's only one person left for the people listening to Spotify. Um, but Dwiff, it was a great time. Yeah, the as great always. time has always burned. The the embers will now be extinguished. Yeah, that was a good flu game for you. Way to power through. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Absolutely.